It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. I am your host, as always, moving forward on Tuesdays, Erica Lindsay Ayala. For those who may not be familiar with me, I know it's still new, but we'll get accustomed to each other. I am a freelance women's sports writer. You can find my work at places like The Athletic, The New York Times, and right here on Locked On Women's Basketball, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I, along with Gabe Ibrahim and Amy Audibert and Lindsay Gibbs are new to this team and to this podcast that was started by Howard Megdal. So Amy and Gabe will have you covered for Mondays, Lindsay Gibbs on Wednesdays, and Howard Megdal on Fridays. Let's get into the episode. Last Tuesday, I spoke about the Say Her Name campaign being championed by the WNBA in this 2020 Wubble season. And on Thursday, I had the honor, after recording my my episode, of participating in one of the Social Justice Council calls that was coordinated by the African American Policy Forum and the WNBA Players Association, or the WNBPA. And founder Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw was on the call along with two mothers that have been impacted and lost their daughters. Their daughters were murdered by police officers and are very involved with Say Her Name. And I think that a lot of people believe that Say Her Name is a hashtag. And it makes sense, I suppose, for some, if you think about it. Yes, Say Her Name. There are women, girls and women, that have been impacted by what we see happening in the world. Um, but it's it's a little bit more than that. And so I'm very thankful to the African-American Policy Forum and the WNBPA for inviting me to this call. Um, so before we get into the episode, I am going to be doing a question of the episode. And today's question, has the WNBA's support of Say Her Name impacted your understanding of the Movement for Black Lives. I tweeted this out the other day, um, but I'm, I'm going to read the question one more time. Has the, has the WNBA's support of Say Her Name impacted your understanding of the Movement for Black Lives? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at elindsay08, E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8. I'm going to give you a taste of that call. So thank you to the African-American Policy Forum for, for giving us participants access to the video. So you'll hear some of the audio. Obviously, this is a podcast. Uh, you'll hear some of the audio. Uh, but then I am going to take you back to the wobble. And you'll hear from some players 
about the importance of the three-pronged approach that the WNBA is taking to the Say Her Name campaign and the justice movement, which is, is the name that they're using to identify uh, what they're doing this season. And that, that multifaceted or three-pronged approach is focused on education, action, and amplification. And then in our third and final segment, you will hear what's next. There was a little bit of a surprise on the conference call or the video conference that was exciting. And I will set you up for the midweek games so you can follow along with your favorite team and favorite players and and not only see what they're doing on the court, but also what they plan to do for Say Her Name and the justice movement. All right, so let's get started here. First, you're going to hear the recording and you're going to hear from Bethany Donovan, who works with the WNBA, and Sydney Colson about what the WNBPA and the league have planned and why connecting with Say Her Name and the African American Policy Forum was important for this season. Hi, everybody. Thank you for, for having us today. Um, <clears throat> um, it really is an honor to, to be part of this conversation and um, to shed light on um, the partnership that, that the WNBA has with um, the Say Her Name campaign and, and the African American Policy Forum. Um, you know, I think one thing to just set the, the stage for how we approach this season is, you know, we, we when we thought about how to um, operationally execute um, a season in the midst of um, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, we also had to stop and say, we're, we're battling two global crises right now. Um, and, and the other is systemic racism. And how can we, um, you know, conduct a season in a way that is, that, that, that honors that and, and, and affects change um, in, in our society and, and elevates the platform that the players have and their strong voices. And, and you know, WNBA players have been at the forefront of social justice issues um, more than any other players in any other league. And so we wanted to make sure that there was a platform that um, allowed them to um, have even more expression to, to that's and it's focused we, we ended up launching um, uh, a platform called the justice movement and it's something that um, you know is a is a multifaceted approach to advancing uh, social justice and um, you know, we, the, the purpose of the justice movement is to come together as a unified force against injustice. And, um, and as part of that effort, we started a social justice council um, as a partnership between the league, uh, the teams, uh, the players, and, and the PA. And it really is about um, being player driven and, and, and elevating who they've always been and telling their stories as activists too. Uh, and so this, this, um, you know, the council that we formed also has advisors and um, helping us shape the platform, but also helping us around three pillars for the justice movement, which are education, action, and amplification. Um, and I'm going to turn it over to Sid in a minute because I want you to hear from her. Um, but really, the, the thought here was that this season needed to be about something bigger. Um, and we wanted to create as many moments as possible, as many conversations as possible um, to, to make sure that 
um, the WNBA has a loud voice in this conversation. Um, and so with that, I, I'm going to turn it over to, to Sid to talk about some of the things that uh, we put into place this season, and, and we'll circle back on, on some of the things that we have planned um, in partnership with the AAPF. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I mean, this has been a real honor for all of us um, having this WNBA and WNBPA, our Players Association, um, you know, work to have this partnership happen um, for so many of us in the league and, and for those of us on the Social Justice Council, it was imperative that we have a piece of our season and it ended up being, you know, the, the whole season be dedicated to um, what we represent, what we care about, about social justice, about racial injustice. Um, so being able to be here, being able to have prior conversations with Professor Crenshaw and um, Michelle Obama, uh, Valerie Jarrett, like we, we've had the opportunity to um, Honorable Stacey Abrams, Ms. Palmer, Breonna Taylor's mom. So we've had an opportunity to hear from and be educated by so many people that I think that we didn't really, we couldn't have foreseen the, the kind of education that we would be receiving and who it would be from. And it's made us all just so excited to be in the bubble, to be able to have our message be amplified by other outlets for people to be paying attention to the WNBA, to this 80% African-American female league where um, they see what's important to us. And it, and it isn't far reaching for one of us to be Breonna Taylor, you know, and I think that's the frightening thing and the thing that made this season so much bigger than just basketball. I think a lot has been put into perspective for a lot of players and a lot of people in the world that every day is not guaranteed, that racial injustice is still a huge issue. We are not in a post-racial society. And so this partnership is just, um, it's one that, that we couldn't have we couldn't have foreseen the, the impact of it, but we're so glad that it has taken place. Before we head into the next segment, I want to offer the words of Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw, who works with the African American Policy Forum um, and very closely and is the founder of Say Her Name. And you'll hear Dr. Crenshaw talk about the support that Say Her Name gets, but unfortunately the lack of support that Say Her Name gets. And for me, this is why the partnership with the WNBA is critical. Of Black women who also understood um, what it was like to lose uh, a daughter or a sister or a mother to the same kind of anti-Black police violence that had galvanized so many other people. So in our march with our banner, we were literally saying, Say Her Name, Say Her Name. And our response to that gave us everything we needed to know about what we were up against. Some people had no idea uh, that black women were killed by the police. They were shocked, they were surprised, they were disturbed, but they were supportive. And a few were deeply disturbed that we would bring women's names into the march. They were deeply troubled by the fact that an issue that had so long been framed as only being about men was being disrupted by the sad reality that it's not just about men. Needless to say, it was very exciting for me to be able to be on this call with not only Dr. Crenshaw, but the mothers 
the mothers that anchor the work that is Say Her Name. I was very honored to share that space with them. And I wanted to ask WNBA players, even the ones that weren't on the call, there were a handful that were on the call that are also in the wobble. But I wanted to ask players, especially those who are serving on the Social Justice Council, their thoughts about being able to take what they're learning from Say Her Name and to impact not only the local community where their team is from or where they call home, but also the potential to impact policies. And you'll hear from some of those players in the next segment. A lot of us have seen our work patterns change in the last several months. And, you know, I'm learning quickly that not all chairs are made equal. So it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or, like me, if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints and is in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. And now, to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering you, all of our listeners, 25% off your next order when you use promo code MBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code MBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. I can't wait to try mine. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, you're going to hear from Gabby Williams, Asia Wilson, and Sylvia Fowles about the opportunity that is presented when the WMBPA, as well as the league, partner with an organization like the African American Policy Forum and, of course, Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw. But before we do that, uh, a, a bit of business. Yesterday afternoon, we got the Players of the Week, first Players of the Week for the 2020 season. I'm lovingly calling these two Players of the Wubble. So from the Western Conference, even though we don't really use conferences for the playoffs anymore, but they're still used for awards. From the Western Conference, representing the Seattle Storm, it's Brianna Stewart. The Storm have a 3-1 record during the week of Stewie's uh, award. She went for 18 points per game, 9.3 rebounds, and 3.3 assists per game in that week to win Western Conference Player of the Wubble. 
And for the East, from the defending champions, the Washington Mystics, who also have a 3-1 record during the first week of play. My Easter Hines Allen, she averaged 17.5 points, 9.3 rebounds as well, and 2.8 assists per game to get the Mystics in really good position with a 3-1 record. Top of the table are the Seattle Storm and the Washington Mystics. So congratulations, Stewie. Congratulations to Maisha Hines-Allen on being the first Players of the Week, a.k.a. Players of the Wubble, for 2020. Now I'm going to play you those clips again from Gabby Williams, Asia Wilson, and Sylvia Fowles about the impact that they hope the Social Justice Council in amplifying, say her name, during games can have on the education uh, for themselves and for their home markets regarding policy change that could be integral for the justice that Say Her Name seeks. Um, just your thoughts on what the Social uh, Justice Council has been able to do regarding um, having those types of conversations and preparing players to have those conversations when they talk about Say Her Name. For sure. I think in this in these situations, it takes more than just reform, right? You know, it takes reconstruction because, you know, this is 400 years of racism that's embedded into every legal system that we have. So it goes beyond just getting justice for, for our life. You know, we need that, but we need to prevent the next one, which means reforming and changing and redoing policies. And so I'm super proud that the Social Justice Council recognizes that. And if we want to see change, we're going to have to see a change on, we're going to have to see the infrastructure change. It's, it's who we are. I think it, it's who we are as a league. And I'm just, I've said it plenty of times, I'm just so excited just to be a part of a league that is so open to just wanting to change and demand change. I think when you're in a league that's predominantly Black, a Black woman, when our voices are heard and when we use our platforms, you know, we can move mountains when we get a chance, when we're seen. So it's something key. It's, some, it's the reason why we're here and we're capitalizing on it. And I'm so happy to be there. I, I hate that I missed that Zoom call. But when it comes to say her name, I think no other league can put it on like us. No other league can just call out, use our platforms, and just demand change than us. So, you know, I'm, that's the best part about the WNBA is, you know, we can put the ball in the hoop, but at the same time, we use our platforms in a way that is it's just crazy to even think about. It's so powerful. There was a conversation around some of the policy changes, and I just wanted to get your perspective on uh, why you think that that, in addition to the WNBA platform, is so important to have those voices connect, um, having the, the media attention, but then also having the, the background in policies and practice. I think it's huge. I think when you even bring in media, you know, you guys put out our voices, our voices, and that's very key. People may look at y'all before they even look at us. So for us to have our voices be heard and, and have channels that's really out there and promoting us, I think it's key. And then everything else just honestly falls into place. But it's, a ma it's just a matter of getting out the right things. I think sometimes people may mix up things, but at the same time, it's just making our voices be heard, using our platforms in a good way, bringing attention to things that people may not even think about. And, and, and make it felt, like make them feel it. I think that's the only way that you can demand change is making yourself be heard and making people get those goosebumps, making people have those conversations. And that's what it's all about, is just making sure that we have those conversations. Thank you. Hey, Syl, um, I wanted to ask a little bit about the Social Justice Council, particularly the PA for you all was able to host um, a call 
um, last week with uh, Dr. Crenshaw, who's the leader of Say Her Name. Um, I wanted to ask you, what do you hope the impact will be of the WNBA having the platform as far as um, educating the fan base and maybe even the public on, on some of the policies that someone like Dr. Crenshaw is trying to advocate for? Um, just making sure this is not temporary, um, making sure this is something that we stick through throughout this season, maybe next season and seasons pushing forward. Uh, but just making sure everybody is aware of what's going on in each state, um, keeping everybody on top of stuff. I know it goes beyond um, sacred name. Um, we're talking about like the voting, so making sure we keep people aware and on top of that. So making sure this is a long-term deal for the WNBA. At one point in the call, Gina Best who is the mother of India Kager, who was shot and killed in Virginia Beach. She said, WNBA, women need to be acknowledged. And I thought that was so apropos of everything that the WNBA stands for, as well as what Say Her Name stands for. It was a very powerful call that I'm sure impacted a lot of people, myself included. So I gave you a taste of the call that the WNBPA had with Dr. Crenshaw. I gave you a taste of what players are thinking about the WNBPA and its potential impact on policy. Uh, There was a special surprise for the WNBPA and for the other members on the call. We'll get into what that was. And um, it comes along with a special initiative to support this Say Her Name campaign. But before we do all that, say it with me now. Sports are back, baby. Now, a lot of us have been waiting to say that since March. And now that the time has arrived, I've only got one thing on my mind. My bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game winning shot, all wrapped into a one. I love it. You love it. And that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. MyBookie has up-to-the-minute odds on your favorite teams. And with the start of Major League Baseball upon us already, there's never been a better time to start playing. With MyBookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Be sure to check out my bookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season has even really gotten started. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking toward the future, and in this case, that means basketball, hockey, and football. My bookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As promised, I want to get you ready for the remainder of the week. So today, tonight, I should say, Tuesday, this is August already, August 4th. We have the Dallas Wings and the Las Vegas Aces at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Then the Phoenix Mercury and the Atlanta Dream take... Then the Phoenix Mercury and the Atlanta Dream at 7 p.m. will be on ESPN2, and that's the first of two games on ESPN2. Following Mercury versus Dream at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, it's the Connecticut Sun versus the Seattle Storm. Kurt Miller had a lot to say about this grueling schedule. I'm inclined to agree with him, but we'll see now that the Seattle Storm have begun, they've begun incorporating rest for Sue Bird, so maybe that will bode well for them. Again, that's Wings versus Aces at 6 p.m., Phoenix Mercury versus the Atlanta Dream at 7 p.m., and then the Connecticut Sun versus the Seattle Storm at 9 p.m. Eastern, the last two games on ESPN2. As we begin to close the show, I want to let you know what we have coming down the pike. So tomorrow, you will hear from Lindsay Gibbs. But not only Lindsay, she's coming in guns blazing for her first show on the Locked On Women's Basketball uh, podcast. She's got Megan McPeak with a deep dive of the Washington Mystics. You're not going to want to miss that. And Howard Megdal on Friday has a conversation with Latricia Trammell. So amazing minds of women's basketball that we have on the show for you. As far as for me, I'm going to do your midweek breakdown and get you set up for the weekend. And so that just about does it here for, for this episode. But I promised you a surprise. And here's the surprise we got on the conference call with the African American Policy Forum and Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw. Wait, actually, never mind. Hang on, friends. Are you able to stay a second? We have breaking news. What's the Kim, break? breaking yes. news. Stay on, stay on. This is good. Don't leave, friends. Don't leave. Don't leave. Hi. Monet is in the house. Hello. Hey, hey beautiful people. Wow. Hello, beautiful people. Hello, hello. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Kim. It's so great to see your face. Wow. Uh, Kimberly, thank you so much for uh, having me. And I wish that I could have been on earlier. So thank you guys for waiting, you know, on me. I appreciate that. Um, Say Her Name, since you, you guys started it, uh, has been the fuel to to my fire, especially when I feel like I'm on my last leg of amplifying the voices of the black women that we lost due to police and, and due to violence uh, in general. But all of the names that you guys have on your site in memoriam, these families are grieving. These cases have not been closed. And these murderers uh, who work for the police department uh, have not been convicted. What we what we aim to do? Am I? Can I speak a little bit more yes. about it? Yes. Okay, I didn't know which which if, if I needed to not do that. But what I'm trying my best to do is to get my peers, people in the music world, the film world, and the entertainment world, to chant the names of all the women 
uh, in that immemorial memoriam uh, section, all of the all of the names of the black women we have lost uh, due to police violence and help seek justice um, for the families who are still grieving and, is, and are still and the mothers who are still with us. And what I want to do and what I am doing, I already have vocals from these folks, is each um, each person will take a name and chant it. Yes, um, so I'm saying all this to say, uh, I would love for you guys to be involved. Um, you know, when we are aligned and, and, and together and unified, um, you know, it's unstoppable. And when people see that, it's hard to cut, cut, cut through, you know, and, and erase our voices and erase what it is that we have to say. Um, and then even if it's not a part of, of the audio version of saying their names, um, we're going to put together a video that uh, I would love for, for anyone who's interested to say, to say those, those names. We're you know, interested. And we bring, we, we'll bring <laughs> awareness to, to all of those names, like seeing everybody. It's just, it's mind blowing, but people need a visualization of what we're dealing with, of, of what happened that we got an opportunity to see um, on court and everyone involved in the WNBA and making, making sure um, that, that you know you guys are honoring and saying their names i just want to say thank you for that it was so beautiful to see uh it was touching and you know i just hope i hope that you guys feel um the change already happening and shifting in the universe so thank you so much for that i'll quit talking thank you the players have already players. done some recordings of saying saying actual names so we've been starting that process and that we're happy to share that Sid I know I, I think she chimed in earlier absolutely would love to partner on that yeah and this one last thing I'm just oh. I think we gotta go is that I'm so happy that everyone's now aware that the say her name is not just only Brianna it's the spectrum all women yeah all yeah. Women who've been killed because we see the names but I'm just grateful that our daughters aren't once again going to be ignored by our sisters yeah Thank yeah of course all right well we got awesome. we got our marching orders all right if y'all could have heard and seen Sydney Colson when Janelle Monet popped onto the video conference, oh, it was absolute gold. But we'll get to see Sydney Colson. She's in the wobble. She's through her protocol. And I'm sure the Chicago Sky are happy to see her. So that's it for me. But we're going to close this episode with Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw discussing the WNBA and... Kelly Loeffler. So I'm going to leave with that clip. Uh, one of the questions was about uh, the how to push back against um, uh, the co-owner of, of the Atlanta Dream who is opposed to this and opposed to say her name. And I just want to say, you know, I, I think when we start telling these stories, um, about about a mother who is who shot in front of her four month old, or a mother shot in front of her two year old, or a mother for whom the police nine one one is called because she's having a mental health crisis, and uh, the police come and try to force her into a police car. She refuses to get in the car, and the police perform a takedown move on her and suffocate the life out of her like George Floyd was with a gun trained on her entire family. Mm -hmm. I, I dare someone to look at these stories 
and oppose the actions of other women who say, this cannot happen in a country that I call home. This cannot happen uh, to people who um, are our are, are, are sisters. This cannot happen to people who are our fans. And for us to be silent in the face of this is for us not to be human. We're human first and we're athletes second. So I, I, I think that telling more of these stories makes it clear what this imperative really is about. I think linking the, the, the brave stance of the athletes to stances in the past, like uh, Muhammad Ali, who actually took an unpopular stance and then became um, the citizen of the world that he did. I think that the women in the league are walking in those footsteps. They're taking it in the, in the new direction. Um, I think getting behind these stories is, is the way to push back. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.